Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the On the Court podcast. It's playoff day. There was a bunch of game one matchups today and yesterday. We're going to be covering those. And we're going to be doing our end of the season NBA award predictions. And we're joined by a guest, Sam. What's up, bro? How you doing today? And, of course, David and Ethan. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So we had a bunch of games last night and today. First one was the Jazz versus Nuggets OT thriller. How did y'all feel about that one? It was good. Um, the Jazz uh, slipped it. Uh, they lost 125 to 135. Um, I thought it was a, a really fun game to watch, especially late in the fourth. Uh, Mitchell put up 57, 9, and 7, which is unbelievable. And uh, Jamal Murray was just a beast down the end, uh, in overtime, making shot after shot. He ended the game with 36, 5, and 9. I'm not surprised the Nuggets won. But I do think this can be a seven-game series. Yeah. What do you think, Ethan? Yeah. All right. So um, it was a crazy game. I, the thing that gets me angry is how you gonna let a player have fifty-seven points and not win? Yeah, I mean, he needs help. He needs help. Yeah. The second highest score was nineteen points for Joe Ingles. I mean, the Nuggets pulled away. Jamal Murray thirty-six. Jokic twenty-nine. Even Jeremiah Grant showed up. He had 19 points. Uh, pulled away by 10 in overtime. It was a good game. It was fun to watch. As, yeah. as I predicted, though, I mean, I think the Nuggets are going to take this series. Yeah. What do you think, Sam? Yeah. Ethan said, you know, get him some help. You know, two of uh, Utah's starters, Conley and Bogdanovich, are injured. So that might be a little bit why they slipped. Maybe with them they would have won, but who knows? You just got to persevere the injuries. Yeah, and, and we had Royce O'Neal go out there for 32 minutes and score, only scored three points. I think when the Utah Jazz get in their rhythm and they start clicking and making more shots, it's going to be a different story. It's gonna, they're going to win more games. And, well, Jamal Murray was just a beast in the fourth or in overtime. I don't know how many points he had in the overtime, but, yeah, the Nuggets just outplayed the Jazz in that one. So, and then – the next game after that that happened that day was the Nets versus Raptors out of the East. Pretty convincing game, two seed versus seven. Um, yeah, I thought, uh, I thought it was a good game. Um, the Nets started off super slow and dug themselves a really big hole. Um, they were close to coming out of it in the third, but then the Raptors just pulled away once again. Um, it, it, was, it wasn't a good game. I think the Raptors controlled the game. Uh, throughout the whole game, uh, Timothy Caribou had 26 and seven off the bench, and then Freddie Van Vliet was just a monster, scoring 30 and dishing out 11 and 11 assists. And Serge Ibaka off the bench was a big help, uh, putting up 22 and seven. Um, I think it was a, a a convincing win for the Raptors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. I mean. I mean, as expected, I mean, I didn't, I didn't expect Karis LeVert to do that much. I mean, against the Raptors team, great team. Karis LeVert at 15. They shot 15 assists, played like a beast. Obviously, the bench helped off. But Fred and Fleet hits eight threes, you know, 30 points, his playoff high. I mean, he played like a beast. Can't stop him. I was pretty expected game. Yeah, Fred Van Fleet, rest of the Raptors crew. Playoff tested last year. I don't think there's any chance they lose even a game in this series. Yeah, they got that championship DNA now. Well, the Raptors were known for choking the playoffs, but last season really helped them. 
I don't think they're going to be choking easy games anymore. And I just want to say that Cabarrat off the bench of the Nets was played amazing. 26 points, 9 for 13 from the field, 6 for 9 from 3. Had a really good game. I don't think anyone expected that. But And Joe Harris did a great job for the, on, for the Nets on the starting lineup. And I think this is really good for the Nets. They're able to see without a lot of their players who would usually be playing, I think it's good for them to see a lot of this young talent um, playing well and maybe not winning, but at least showing that there's a lot of potential there. Yeah, I agree. Agreed. Yeah, for when Katie and Kyrie come back, the rest of the guys have playoff experience from now, so that's going to be good for them. Yeah, you got you got to guys, you got to have some guys step up like uh, Luau Cabrat. He mm-hmm. he he. I don't I don't know if he came off the bench necessarily. He played 33 minutes, but he still played like a beast. Mm, yeah. Well, the Raptors were getting torched in the third quarter, though. They yeah, were... they started to make they started to make a, a third quarter comeback late third quarter. Then fourth quarter, you guys started pulling away all the turnovers with the Nets. I mean, yeah, mm. it's not good to be outscored thirty-five to twenty-two to the Brooklyn Nets coming out of halftime. Yeah. Well, I mean, then then Toronto Raptors outscored them thirty-nine to twenty-four in the next quarter. So I mean, made up for it. Yeah, and also a big thing of this too was. The Brooklyn Nets, they only shot 68% from the free throw line and 30% from three, while the Raptors shot 50% from three and 97% from the free throw line. So they missed up easy shots, big shots for them. Yeah, Raptors are a really good free throw shooting team. Probably the best in the NBA, if I had to say. Yeah. So on to the next game, 76ers versus Celtics. Game one. This was a really good game, in my opinion. Um the Sixers were uh, just let it slip, 101 to 109. Um, Joel Embiid played fantastic for a guy that doesn't have his co-star. He put up 26 and 16. Um, a free agent, uh, excuse me, a uh, the Sixers traded for Alec Burks from the Warriors in February, and he put up a strong performance with 18 and six rebounds. Um, he really helped them, but I think it was tough for them having. Tobias Harris scored only 15 and over three from deep. But um, I think it's also tough when you let Tatum go off for 32 and 13 and Brown go off for 29. Um, but I think the for not having Ben Simmons, they played – the Sixers played really well. And I think there's a chance now, especially with Gordon Hayward out for four weeks because of that right ankle sprain, there's a, there's a chance for um, the Sixers to take advantage. Yep. Yeah, I mean, the only thing was the turnovers. The Sixers had 18 turnovers while the Celtics only had seven. I mean, Joel Embiid played like he needs to play. He needs to step up a little more, though. I mean, he has no help. Tobias Harris played 39 minutes and 15 points. He got to play better. He's probably, right now, he's second scoring option behind Embiid. Horford, six points. Not very good. We had Alec Burke step up. I like that. I like to see him. I like him a lot, actually. And then Jay Rich and... uh. Shake Milton played good. I mean, Jason Tatum killed us. He made 32 points and 13 rebounds. It's, and Jalen Brown with 29, too. I mean. And I, I also mean, think it's good that Embiid said that he needs to step up more because it shows that he wants to take action. And he was killing Enos Cantor and Daniel Tice. So if, if he gets to his full potential against them, they have a good chance to possibly even beat the Celtics now that Hayward's out. Agreed. Well, you saying that kind of reminds me of um, how 
how uh, Embiid, or not Embiid, Jimmy Butler went on the JJ Redick podcast, talked about how when he got to Philly, no one was like in charge. And Embiid really taking on the leadership for this team, proving himself that he's the leader. I think it's much needed. And I think Brett Brown needs to win, in my opinion, at least two games this series to keep his coaching job. Because in my opinion, I think he's on the hot seat. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's interesting to see if or when Ben Simmons gets back, how he'll affect it. You know, it's a pretty sound eight-point defeat, but he's a great player. Probably could change it. Yeah. And speaking of Ben Simmons, the Cavaliers said that they have an enticing offer for Ben Simmons. What do you think? Uh, what do you guys think that the Cavs could provide for the Sixers that would make them want to give up Ben Simmons? I think the or, Sixers. Uh, excuse me, Ethan. I think the Cavs can provide. A lot of young, self, uh, selfless players, uh, Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, all really hard-headed guys that are not as dominating as Embiid but can really help. And I think this, the Sixers should be able to get a lot for, for um, Ben Simmons. And in my opinion, I think they should go for it if I'm Elton Brand. Yeah, I mean, I saw I – saw... Maybe, you know, maybe throw Kevin Love in there or something. I, I saw a couple draft picks, too. Kevin Porter Jr. I mean, I think the Sixers get a lot out of it. Ben Simmons is a star, but, I mean, if we got to do what we got to do. We got to move on, you know. That's how – he's not going to be on the team forever. I mean, Brett Brown needs to make some moves if he wants to be even in a consideration for being coach next season. So, I mean – I don't necessarily agree with trading him, but if it, I think it's the best. And we're back. So, yeah, Sam, what are your thoughts on the Ben Simmons uh, Cavaliers trade? What do the Cavs have to offer? You know, I think obviously they got to offer some of their young talent, some of their guards like Garland and uh, Sexton. But I feel like the key with Simmons in his career is going to be whatever team who can first surround him with a bunch of shooters, like how the Sixers did when they had like J.J. Redick out there. Like that's how you're going to, you know, tap into his potential the most. Yeah, so get the best version of him with the floor spaced. Mm-hmm. And if you're Brett Brown, like what system? Okay, so that's a, this that's the system you think you put Simmons in, right? Yeah. All right. So after the 76ers and Celtics, the Mavericks and Clippers p- played, and that was a pretty good game, pretty yeah. controversial game. You're right, Kevin. A very controversial game. The Mavericks slipped it. Uh, they were down 16 early and came back. They ended up losing 110 to 110 to 118. Uh, Luca had 42, seven and nine, but he did have 11 turnovers. Um, on the Clippers side, Leonard had 29, 12 and six, and George had 27, two and three. Uh, I'm not surprised that the Clippers lost, but if you ask me, if Kristaps Porzingis wasn't ejected, I think there's a very good chance they would have won this game. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, it's definitely a bit of a controversial objection. People saying the league is soft, saying he didn't deserve it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think whatever the ref says is right. It's generally, the rule of sports, you don't want to argue with him. So, yeah. Yeah, I guess that was a pretty controversial ejection for Chris Stops. He's the key factor. Him and Luca are the key factors for the Dallas Mavericks team. And I personally think that Kristaps is the X factor in the playoffs because we know Luca's going to be consistently the best player on the floor. But if Kristaps plays good, that's the that's the way that they're going to win the clip, beat the Clippers in this series. But 
So, yeah, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George both had 27. Or Kawhi Leonard had 29. Great job from them. And well, Lula. Definitely, I think a big reason was, you know, even if Chris Sops got a tech for shoving Morris in, what the officials say, not helping the situation, I don't think he should have got that tech earlier because I think he was frustrated with the call. I think he yelled one sentence, and then he got over it like that. So I think that should have never been called. And give him a T for the other one, whatever, and he still would have ended up playing because he only would have had one tech. Great. Uh, yeah, along with Luka's uh, 11 turnovers, the Clippers only had 11 turnovers, while the, Magic, uh, the Mavericks had 21 turnovers, which is a big factor. I mean, the Mavericks shot better from uh, free throw. I mean, I don't think Luka – I mean, I don't think Chris Stapps uh, should have gotten ejected. He's arguably one of the better centers, top five in the bubble right now. He's been playing out of his mind. I mean, I don't think he deserved it. If he doesn't get ejected, uh, they win that game. Yeah, I think so too. I do think so too. But the Dallas Mavericks had 21 turnovers compared to the Clippers' 11. They're, they like kind of let themselves out of this game. Luka is responsible for most of them with 11 of them. So he just needs to work on getting his, his passes in the right area, not turning the ball over. And I think that game would have been a different story if KP wasn't ejected. Yeah, to add on to that, I mean, Luka Doncic, uh, obviously a rookie, first playoff game. Oh, not a rookie, uh, second year. Uh, first playoff game, though, 42 points. That's, I mean, that's a once-in-a-lifetime once thing you see there. I mean, 42 points from a rookie is incredible. I mean, obviously 11 turnovers adds on to that, being a little selfish with the ball. But, I mean, uh, without Chris Tapps, there's not much he can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And let me just say that the Mavericks and the Clippers both shot terrible from three. Like, the most of the Clippers or Mavericks starting lineup went one for five, one for four, one for five, four for 11, and two for six. If they knock down more shots, different game. So. Yeah, and even in free throw, I mean, they shot they shot eighty seven percent from free throw, missed three free throws. But you, I mean, you got to make your shots. Mm-hmm. You got to take advantage because the Clippers only shot seventy five percent. So I mean, yeah, yeah. So after after the Clippers and uh Mavericks, we had the most interesting game so far, in my opinion, the one seed Bucks versus the eight seed Magic in a very controversial game. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, it's interesting. Um, this was the first game of the second day. Um, if people remember correctly, the same thing happened last year where the Magic weren't the Magic weren't eight. I'm pretty sure they were seven, but they won their first game against the Raptors, and then the Raptors won four straight. Um, this game was interesting. Uh, the Magic won one twenty two to one ten. Giannis still had an incredible game with thirty one seventeen and seven. But Vucevic played out of his mind, putting up 35, 14, and 4. And Terrence Ross did a lot off the bench, going 18 and grabbing six boards. I think another reason why uh, the Bucks looked so poor was because of the terrible performance from uh, Chris Milton, only scoring 14. And if you're the Bucks, that that's not acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I woke up. Started watching this game. To be honest, I didn't really care about it. I was ready. I was ready to get onto some heat basketball. I expected it to be a Bucks blowout. And, you know, I, I started watching. 
start noticing the Bucks just weren't looking like they usually do. Giannis shot below 50%, which for a normal player isn't that bad, but typically he gets a lot of open paint looks, should be higher. Middleton also shot really bad. Bad team outing, but you know I think they're going to bounce back, probably win the next four, maybe lose one more, but I doubt it. Yeah, this, this is really a wake-up call for the Bucks. I mean, uh, it was a terrible performance. Giannis played great. I mean, not great. He played good. He could have made more shots from the paint or a field goal. Chris Middleton didn't do good. It's just all about the inconsistencies of the Bucks. They shot 65% from the free throw line. And if their starters just played better, they would have won. They literally let themselves lose this game. Agreed. I think they underestimated the power of the Magic. I mean, not the power, but, I mean, Nikola Vucevic had his uh, playoff career high with 35 points. I mean, played crazy. And uh, another factor was uh, – if you if you look, the Bucks only shot sixty four percent from three uh, from a free throw, while the Magic shot ninety four percent. I mean, that's a significant difference. And the Magic shot forty percent from three, while the Bucks shot thirty three percent. I mean, they just shot. They just had a better night. I think it was also a positive for the Bucks in this game to see George Hill off the bench score sixteen. But you know, you want Hill to score sixteen, but you also want Milton to score twenty something. So. It's, it's difficult when your second-best player and all-star has a bad game. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I mean, well, the Bucks are relatively a big team. I mean, uh, they did, they did, get, they did uh, out-rebound uh, Magic on the, on the offensive boards, but total rebounds, I mean, uh, Magic took that one. Yeah. Uh, they had way more defensive rebounds. More, Magic had more assists. They had the same steals. But the Magic just outperformed the Bucks. I I don't expect the Bucks to lose this series at all. To be honest, I think this is just uh, one of those like the Raptors last year, just that one game that needs to wake up the big team. I think they're gonna win the next four. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, our in our last episode, uh, we we went by this topic pretty quickly. We said, uh, easily Bucks four. I mean, I don't know if the Bucks play like that again. They could be in deep trouble. I mean, but uh, I don't. I don't expect uh, Nikola Vucevic to put up thirty-five points again. So I mean, yeah. They didn't have Aaron Gordon either, which was interesting. Yeah, Aaron Gordon also plays a big factor in this game too. Maybe with Aaron Gordon, they take another game. But I don't know. Moving on to the Thunder and Rockets matchup, a very oh, interesting oh, matchup. Oh. Yeah, slow down. The Heat game was. Oh, oh, okay. My bad, my bad, guys. We're going to the Heat versus Pacers game. Uh, 11 or 12 point win by the Miami Heat. David, what's your insight yeah. on that? Uh, the Heat started off slow, um, but I think they played really well, especially in the fourth. Um, uh, a note, uh, Victor Oladipo did have to go to the hospital due to an early uh, game poking the eye from Jay Crowder. Uh, nothing on purpose. Um, Warren had 22 and 8. Um, Butler had 28, 3, and 4, and Goron had 24, 6, and 5. Goron had 14 in the fourth, which really helped prevail the Heat. Um, we, we had an interesting rotation. Um, it was amazing to see Derek Jones Jr. back in the lineup and uh, knock down a three and get a slam dunk. Um, but it was interesting not to see Kendrick Nunn. You know, when Spolstra announced that he was going to be starting Drogic, I still expected Nunn to come off the bench like Goron did, but that wasn't the case. He played a lot of Tyler Hero at the one. Um, not complaining. Tyler, as a rookie, 
as a, a first-year player, rookie, first playoff game, to put up 15, I was really impressed with. And it's a new era. This is the first Heat win in the playoffs without D-Wade on their roster since May 2000. So it was a great win. Yeah, yeah. yeah, more on what David said in the first half, really. Heat weren't necessarily struggling, struggling, but just not looking themselves. Goron, especially in the first half, I thought he was horrible. I was saying, you know, put my boy Nunn, let's get him in. Goron, second half, he had, I think, 20 second half points, maybe a lot of them coming in the fourth. Tyler Hero had a great playoff debut. Bam had a great first playoff start. He had like 17, maybe 6 and 7, I'm pretty sure, or 6 and 10, actually. And then also um, a bad playoff debut by Duncan Robinson, where, you know, I think we can beat the Pacers if he doesn't perform, but we move on to the other rounds, you know, especially if we're going to have to be playing against the Bucks, mm-hmm. then then we're going to need him to be knocking down the shots like he usually does. I think it was also a positive to see Jimmy go two for two. Um, he was gaining a lot of confidence, it looked like, throughout that game. And yeah. he shot 10 of 12 from the line. If he gets to the line like this every game, throughout the rest of the playoffs, it's over. He is so good at getting to the free throw line. And I think it's partially because he gets what he wants. And if he wants a free throw, he's going to go get it for himself. Yes, yeah. Jimmy is great, great at getting to the line. But, of course, like you said, Duncan Robinson needs to do better, especially from the three, what he's good at, two for eight. I expect him to come alive, come alive in the next game, though. But a thing with the Pacers is – their biggest player or their star player, DeMontis Sabonis, didn't make it to the bubble, I don't think. He's not playing. And then when you have a star player who's Vic- trying to come back from injury but is still an all-star, yeah, leave early and then have to end up going to the hospital, which mm-hmm. is tough. But Warren played well. I mean, he had 22. He didn't shoot the ball terrible. And Malcolm Brodkin also had 22. But by the time the fourth quarter came around, Jimmy just clamped. Uh, T.J. Warren, and he also had a couple of nice deals, really good at reading the defense. But I think, uh, as Kevin, you were saying, Duncan will definitely come alive. I know the one three he had was a four-point play, but I'm not too concerned about him. Yep, I agree. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jimmy Butler, obviously, uh, a little slow in the first half. In the, you know, he's really clutch, especially in the Sixers. I mean, uh, he really put the team on his back. He's a He's a great leader for his team. I mean, he is he is getting a little old. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disrespect him because he is still a very good player. But I mean, when he needs to do it, he provides for the team. Yeah. And also a very very good uh, debut from Tyler Hero, as well as Goran Dragic played an amazing 24 points. I mean, usually you know the role player at, expect a solid 10, maybe uh, 15 points on a good day for it, but 24 points. I mean. I mean that that was very good for him, and also um, it wasn't it wasn't a very uh I mean Pacers did have uh four more turnovers in the Heat, which uh could have led to some points that um that probably shouldn't have happened. I mean the fouls were also significantly higher, six more fouls. I mean it was a it was a pretty even shooting game. I mean yeah, I think the Heat just outmatched the Pacers, and and I think the Heat are a better team, and I think they should take this one in four. Back to your point, you do know Guan averages 16, so it wasn't a surprise. And then I think yeah. it wasn't a surprise that he got moved into the starting lineup, but I think mm. now that he did, it gave him more minutes and more op- even more opening. And through his first four years with the Heat, he was in the starting lineup, so I think he was just back to what he was doing before. Yep. 
Uh, no surprise there for me either. Goran Dragic is consistently one of the most underrated players in the NBA. He made the all-star team in 2018, I think, because of uh, Devin Booker's injury or Damian Lillard's injury, I forgot. But, yeah, he's a one uh, all-star, averaging 16 points per game, like you said. Uh, I expect him to come alive in the playoffs and help them on their run. Yeah, and, and once Duncan Robinson picks it up, I mean, he's once he gets hot, he does not miss. I mean, he's probably, in my opinion, the best shooter in the NBA right now. I mean, percentage-wise, he's proven to be, I mean, uh, if not top three. But, I mean, once he starts shooting good, I mean, there's no way that he can lose a series. Mm-hmm. And um, I just wanted to throw in some respect for Bam Adebayo having a very good double-double, 17 points, 10 rebounds a plus-minus of plus 23, proving that when he's on the court, the team is doing good. And one of the best defenders in the NBA, I expect him to make the all-defense uh, team, maybe second. I don't know. But, he's also yeah. the first player. Uh, he, he joins a very elite group, I should say, of uh, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Shaquille O'Neal, and Lamar Odom as being the only five guys to have 17, 10, and 5 in a playoff game. So, good for Bam. Yeah. For the heat, for the heat. For the heat. Yeah, you got to you gotta add that. Mm-hmm. So, after the heat game, we had the Thunder versus Rockets game. A very good matchup. One of my favorite matchups because, of course, Chris Paul, former player for the Rockets, got traded to the Thunder. Low expectations, made the playoffs, made it the all-star team, proved everyone wrong, and him and James Harden went at it at a, on a duel. What do you think about that? I think it was good. I think the the Rockets started off hot and didn't cool down, and the Thunder just couldn't get it turned on. Um, Gallinari did have a strong outing of 29 points, but he did have only three rebounds and three assists. Harden played great without Westbrook. He had 37-11-3. But I think the biggest difference was uh, Aaron Gordon back from injury putting up 21, and Jeff Green uh, coming off the bench putting up 22-6-4. Um I still think this game can go – I still think the series can go six or seven games. Um, but when Westbrook comes back, it's going to be interesting because of how well some of these guys who don't usually get the minutes, uh, how, how well they played. Mm-hmm. I think they played great. Yeah. You know, uh, Harden, obviously, 37, classic, unstoppable, one of the best – one of, if not the best offensive player ever. Uh, Chris Paul, one assist away from a triple-double. Great point guard. You know, and the Rockets, I don't see them losing this series. Setting up for – probably going to set up for a great round two matchup against the Lakers. Should be entertaining. Yeah. The Rockets did do great. I'm surprised that they did this good without Russell Westbrook, their co-star, of course. I hope he has a good recovery. I heard good things because of he's healing quick for his quad, I think I heard. But – they're running small ball, of course. Um, I think Robert Covington was playing the center for them. He didn't have that much of a good game. He had three points, one for six from the field, one for five from three. I expect Rocco to come alive. Good three and D defender. James Harden, of course, 37 points. The Beard, former MVP, one of the best scorers ever. Can't do much about him. But I see when Russell – or I expect when Russell Westbrook comes back, this team is going to do really good in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, I was surprised. I mean, no, you go, Ethan. All right, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, even without their second superstar, they still put up the fourth most points in the first game, which is super surprising. 
Harden, obviously, the casual 37, I mean. And Chris Paul did not have the best shooting that. I saw him struggling in the first half. Picked it up a little bit in the second half. I mean, if he, if he uh, turns it on, he can, be, he can be a good leader. I mean, I was a little disappointed with Shai's performance. Nine points, not what they really need out of him. I mean, their guy didn't show up. Dennis Schroeder at six, played on 32 minutes. Mm-hmm. And they both, both shot. guys have playoff experience, so it's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, turnovers also. Uh, okay, so he had five more turnovers. I mean, I'm, they got out. Oh, no, they out-rebound the Rockets, but not as much as they should have. I mean, only having a 6-7 center compared to Steven Adams should have been a better rebounding matchup. Mm-hmm. I agree. For the, yeah. Yeah, like you said, Shea Gilders-Alexander is supposed to – or he's a young player, a lot of talent, a lot of swag, a lot of hype. Uh, underrated guy, he's like um, he's pretty good talent. I'm I'm surprised he can do it much better. He's new, he's young, so I see he'll come alive in the playoffs eventually. This game, this series, I think he'll develop over time. By the longer he gets, hopefully the Thunder can win more games so he can uh, get into his groove. So yeah, agreed. All right. You want to tell him what the last game is? The last game, which is currently going on right now. Oh wait, no, 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 no. Um, so we had the Clippers versus Mavericks, right? Oh, we, we already went that. over that one. Oh, oh, the Trailblazers versus Lakers. Yep, and as we speak, LeBron, a possession ago, just had his tenth rebound. So he, so he now has twelve, ten, and thirteen with five twenty remaining in the third. Mm-hmm. Uh, score is seventy-two, sixty-five. I think yesterday, yesterday I said LA in six or seven. You know, my gut is telling me I really may have to change this to a clip. Uh, excuse me, to a Blazers six or seven game series win. Wow. Which, wow. You know, the Blazers look really good right now. They're fully healthy. Um, the bubble's the first time they've been fully healthy, and I think they're still trying to figure out a rotation. But they look good. Um, right now, as we speak, Nurkic and Whiteside are in the game right now, and I think that. That uh, those two guys need to be on the court more often, and Damian Lillard's on another level right now. And I'm just not confident in the Lakers, especially the way they played in the seeding games. I'm going with the Portland Trailblazers in six or seven. Agreed. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to come out here and have a strong disagree. Me I think too. Whiteside sucks. Dame's obviously amazing. Nurkic pretty good. Melo great offensively, defensive liability, but. More so towards the Lakers. You know, LeBron, obviously, GOAT, arguably, in my opinion, yeah. Um, but anyway, Danny Green is supposed to be a playoff veteran. I thought this should be brought up in the last 18 games for him, and he's also been terrible in this game. But 5.9 points per game, only 38% from the field, 31% from three, and uh, 25% from the free throws. So you know, even last year on the Spurs, the championship caliber player. But I mean, last year on the Raptors. Get done this year. Oh, yes. Excuse- no, yeah, I said last year and on the Spurs. Okay. You know, I think it's bold of you to say Whiteside sucks. You know, I know he had a little bit of a, a sour breakup with the Heat, but in my opinion, he should be in the defensive player of the year finalist over Rudy Gobert. Um, he's averaging three blocks a game and I think 13 rebounds. And before Nurkic came back, he was a, a beast for them at the starting five position. Now that Nurkic is back, he – 
he settled back to the role he played last year at the end of the year with Bam starting. But, you know, I think he's fine with it uh, to what I'm hearing. So I think if he can be a big factor off the bench, they can win this series. Well, I honestly have to strongly, strongly disagree because I don't see the Blazers winning this series at all. Have you guys forgotten that LeBron James is on the Lakers? This guy is a – he made the playoffs for straight 10 years, I think. 12, 12. 12 years. 12 years. He made the playoffs for 12 years straight. Had one bad year with the Lakers, as we know. He's back now. He has something to prove, like he said, when – rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant died. He said that he wants to get his uh, revenge for the Mamba, or he wants to, like, like prove something for the Lakers. So I don't think he's going to go out bad like this. He has a triple-double already in the third quarter. And I think the GOAT is going to really come out in this series. If it's you know, I think some to... people forget that, you know, as amazing as LeBron is, he's still 35. And he hasn't played on the playoffs till he was 33. Uh, he hasn't played in the playoffs since he was 33. And when he was 33, uh, they made it to the finals but got swept. He, he isn't as big of a scoring threat as he used to be. but And I think that's why the main reason why I'm picking the Blazers. Well... His age didn't slow him down this season. He had 25 points and a career-high 10 assists. So. I think that that bubble, the the stoppage may have done something to him, in my opinion, because of the way he's looked since he got here. He hasn't been the same. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, he usually LeBron's putting up crazy numbers. I mean, he does have a triple-double, 14, 13, and 10 right now. He's been playing like an animal this game. Davis with 24, but I – I'm going to have to agree with David. I mean, if Damian Lillard and Nurkic keep playing like they are, Nurkic is coming to be huge for them. I think that uh, the Blazers could take this one in seven. It's going to be a competitive game, though. I mean, series. For it's sure. not going to be a blowout. And uh, the surprising thing is the Lakers are only shooting 15% from three-pointer while the, while the Blazers are only shooting 30%. This is a horrible three-point shooting game yeah. for both teams. And I think it's going to come down to – when you can't, when you're struggling from the outside, you must go in inside. And I'm taking Carmelo as a beautiful wing shooter and Whiteside and Nurkic over McGee, Howard, and AD. Even though AD is a top five player in the league, in my opinion, I don't think McGee and Howard are as good as uh, Whiteside and Nurkic inside. Well, I think Kyle Kuzma deserves some like little recognition. He's a great player for the Lakers. He's a consistent bench player or starter he puts up like 15 a game he's been playing very bad tonight yeah i mean everyone has their bad games the bucks literally lost but oh my god Melo just packed ad that was a thing of beauty this is going to be a very competitive series i can yeah. already see another morris brother trying to get into a fight yeah yeah i mean I well as you said yeah as you said david i mean when it comes to scoring inside i mean i think lebron james is one of the best players to take it to the hole in the league. Yes, yeah, that's true. I mean, him and Anthony Davis, I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't know if you can stop that. I mean, I still have the Blazers, I mean, winning the series, upset. Yeah. I mean, it was a nice I don't know, but I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm taking LeBron over anyone on the Trailblazers taking it to the hole if this shooting, if this shooting performance keeps up. Yeah. It's going to be interesting if he's going to take it to the hole because Whiteside, I think, 7-1 and Nurkic is 6-11, so – they got some trees in there, and it's going to be very interesting if LeBron's going to try to take it to them right at them. But then you, then again, they have Anthony Davis, who has a really dirty uh, post fade that he could hit consistently. He's a good post player. 
That's I true. Could see, I could see a couple of lobs, alley oops, for them to score some points. And but you were saying earlier that you didn't think that uh, that that you think that uh, Hassan Whiteside should be put in the Defensive Player of the Year conversation over Rudy Gobert. I don't necessarily agree with that because even though Rudy Gobert has won the Defensive Player two times in a row, people still th- forget about how good of a defender he really is. Thirteen and a half rebounds, two blocks a game. You're just having a good defensive season like he always has. I don't think he will win it this year, but I think he deserves a nomination. I agree. Yeah, and uh, just a couple moments ago, I mean, uh, LeBron James became the uh, past Kobe Bryant RIP uh, by one triple-double to become the third uh, most triple-doubles in uh, Lakers playoff history. Yeah, great job, great stuff from LeBron. Yeah, he's now second behind. He's Uh now third behind Magic and Elgin Baylor. Mm-hmm. Ah. But I don't think anyone's catching up to Magic Johnson with 138 triple doubles. Yeah, that is unseen, unheard of. Yeah. Next topic, Kevin. Tell him what it is. All right. So now that we've reviewed the first uh, first game of all the playoffs, we're going to be moving on to our NBA awards prediction. These are for the season only, not the bubble. Just to take that into account, guys. Uh, this is just before the restart happened. So. Our Kia NBA Most Valuable Player nominations are Giannis Antetokounmpo, James Harden, and LeBron James, and David, or, and Sam, who you got winning the MVP award? No, I'm a huge LeBron fan due to his time in Miami, but I'm going to have to give this one to uh, the Greek Freak. He's having a better Greek. statistical season. You know, they're both the one seed, so it's just going to come down to that. Mm. I agree. I think – I think it's going to be closer than people expect. Like I, LeBron's been making a very late push, but um, uh, Giannis has my vote. And I know I've been tossing back and forth between the two, but I know they're saying the bubble performances don't count, but it just looks like Giannis is in a lot better shape. So I'm going with Giannis with the MVP. I mean, well, I also agree with that. Giannis has been playing crazy. Uh Averaging 29.5 points per game this year, mm-hmm. 13.6 rebounds, and 5.6 assists. I mean, he's a 6'11 freak of nature. No one can stop him. I mean, uh, personally, I don't, think it's as, I, don't, I don't think this is close. I mean, I think Giannis wins the award. Yeah, I agree. And people often forget when they're talking about the MVP topic, one of the most important factors in the MVP is the team record. And as we all know, the, the Milwaukee Bucks had the best record in the NBA, most, uh, most importantly because of Giannis Antetokounmpo. And I think that Giannis is going to win the MVP, and I don't think it's close. Maybe he gets it unanimously like Curry did back in 2015. No, because uh, Ramona Shelburne came out and said that he voted for – she voted for LeBron. Oh, well, so then no unanimous MVP. But, yeah, my vote goes to Giannis. But the Kia NBA Rookie of the Year Award with the finalists of John Morant from the Memphis Grizzlies, Kendrick Nunn from the Miami Heat, Zion Williamson from the New Orleans Pelicans. And who do you got winning the Rookie of the Year, Sam? So, uh, you know, I want to come out here. I want to say my boy Kendrick Nunn's going to pull it out, but I just can't. You know, even though he is the only rookie left in the playoffs, John Morant is just simply spectacular. Reminds me a bit of uh, Dwayne Wade with his, like, quick-and-go, mm-hmm. uh, fast-paced, run-the-break type game. He's got a great arsenal. You know, he's got a little floater. When he gets to the rim, he can dunk, can shoot, he can facilitate. He's a great player. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to second that. I definitely agree that uh, John de- deserves it. Um, Kendrick, he, he's, he's, I think, in my opinion, either the fourth or fifth option on the Heat, and, he's, and he still managed to make it into the top three. And uh, Mickey Harrison, the Miami Heat's owner, uh, brought up something that was nice. He, um, if you look at the finalists, Zion was the first pick. He's a finalist. Jaw was the second pick. He's a finalist. And then Kendrick was just an undrafted rookie out of Oakland University. So it's nice to see him getting the recognition. But I see Giannis getting this award. Uh, uh, excuse me, Jaw getting this award. He's led a Grizzlies team that had some struggles in the past couple of years to an AC prior to the bubble. And then he led them to a playing game. And he's just so dynamic. He can do everything. I'm taking Jaw. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, this, this might uh, surprise some people, but uh, – I'm gonna take uh, Zion Williamson. I mean, no way. He played 20 games. Even, even, even in these 20 games, he's averaging crazy numbers, crazy numbers, especially for a rookie. I mean, I personally think if he played, uh, he, like I think he does. I don't personally. If it if it comes down to who deserves it more, I think that John Morant deserves it more. But I mean, stats and stuff. I mean, oh, he only played 20 games, obviously, but I think that he could have consistently kept these stats the whole season. That's like taking John Morant's best – that's like taking John Morant's, like, the middle of the season when he really started popping off and not not putting into consideration the first couple of – first 20 games when he's a rookie and he's trying to figure things out. So, um, yeah, I don't agree with that. I think this award goes to Jaw and is also deserved by Jaw. Um, What I will say is that – well, since we are doing predictions and predicting who will win the award, I'm going to say John Morant because of his consistency, how he competed and played throughout the whole season and nothing held him back. He did very good for this Memphis Grizzlies team. Even though the bubble doesn't count, he led them to the play-in tournament without his co-star, Jaron Jackson Jr. But I think Zion Williamson is the best rookie in terms of talent and like uh, performance. In I can agree with that. I can agree with that. Yeah, and in terms of the games he's played, the well, or the level of performance he did, he did play the best as a rookie. But John Moran does deserve the Rookie of the Year award because of his consistency. So moving on from the Rookie of the Year award, we have the Kia NBA Defensive Player of the Year. Our finalists are Giannis Antetokounmpo, Milwaukee from the Milwaukee Bucks, Anthony Davis from the Lakers, Rudy Gobert from the Utah Jazz, and who do you guys got winning? Um, out of these, what is it, three players? I think the nod, I think Anthony Davis is going to get it. But I agree I'm honestly that. surprised that my boy Bam wasn't in consideration. You know, he's a probably him and maybe even Ben Simmons, honestly. Probably the two only players that can guard every position from point guard to center. Bam, you know, he's known. He can stay out there on the perimeter with those guys. So, I think he should have gotten a nod, maybe just a nomination. But, yeah, I think Anthony Davis should win this award. And I think even today you saw, um, in Bam's case, you saw him guarding T.J. Warren with no problem and also guarding Malcolm Brodin with no problem yeah. and guarding Miles Turner. So he's very versatile. I think he should have been a finalist. But uh, my pick goes to A.D. Um, he's had an incredible first year with the Lakers, averaging double-digit rebounds. And uh, uh, my vote goes to him. Well, I actually disagree. I think that 
Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to make history and join Michael Jordan, Hakeem Olajuwon, David Robinson, and Kevin Garnett in the club for uh, winning MVP and Defensive Player of the Year in the same season. I think Giannis is the proved himself to be a, the yeah. best defender this year, and I think he's going to take on both awards. If you ask me, I think the NBA is purposely not going to do it. If I had to put my money on it, I don't think they'll let it happen. That's just me. Um, I do think he deserves I do think he is definitely a top three defender in the league, but I'm still giving my vote to AD. Agreed. I'm taking Anthony Davis on this one. Yeah, I, re- I respectfully agree with that. I did think Anthony Davis deserves it, but Giannis proved me otherwise as a Greek freak. <laughs> Um, moving on from the Defensive Player of the Year, we have the six-man award. Bam, period. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> who, are the, uh, who are the nominees? Surprisingly, on NBA.com, the Kia NBA Sixth-Man Award. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah, never mind. So the Kia NBA Sixth-Man Award uh, nominees are Montrez Harrell, Dennis Schroeder, and Lou Williams. Yeah, you know, I mean – I'm pretty sure this one's going to go to Dennis Schroeder. You know, he averages, what, 19 a game off the bench, which is pretty great for, like, a like a surprise team. Pretty sure the last couple of years it's been going to Lou Will. I think Trez might have gotten it once, but, you know, voter fatigue. Guys want to see someone new succeed. I say they're going to give it to uh, Dennis. I agree. Uh, I put Dennis down on my sheet of paper. I, I vote for Dennis. Um he, he's averaging 19 points per game, like you said. Um, he's doing a lot of great things for a team that had 0.2% chance to make it to the playoffs. So I think he is in uh, much deserve of this award. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Ethan? Uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with that, too. I mean, uh, he's been shooting uh, almost 40% from three-pointers. Uh, I mean, um, 19 points per game. Four rebounds, four assists. I mean, uh, yeah, as Sam said, I mean, they're giving it to Lou Will and uh, Montrose Harrell, but I, I think that uh, out of them three, the most deserving of it is uh, uh, Mon- I mean, Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, and unanimously, the Omnicore podcast does think that Dennis Schroeder will take the six-man award. He's played great, and I don't think that's really much of a question because Lou Will and Montrez, they've been nominated in. Lou Will won it twice in a row, so I think Dennis Schroeder deserves it this year. Moving on to the most improved player, we have Bam Adebayo. Bam, period. Bam, Bam. No questions. Bam. Bam Adebayo <laughs> is grown into this beast of an all-star for Miami, averaging 16, 10, and 5. This award's going to Bam, and you cannot change my mind about it. That's a great pick. All right, well, yeah, the other nominees were Luka Doncic and Brandon Ingram. I think Brandon Ingram deserves some recognition because the all-star team this year played great for the Pelicans, but Bam, Bam just is a beast. But I just want to say that Devontae Graham deserves yeah, Devontae. Devontae Graham deserves to be a yeah, recognition. Yeah, he deserves to be up on this list with these guys. Luka yeah, I mean that himself. Yeah, exactly. Lucas said I mean I mean he goes from a uh nine points to sixteen points. Averages uh, three more rebounds per game, three more assists. I mean, I think this is a pretty obvious choice, but uh, shout-out goes to um, Devontae Graham. He also played amazing this year. I think, if anything, them two should be uh, 
the top two up for this uh, award. You heard it here, folks. Uh, you heard it here first, folks. On the Court Podcast, second unanimous award winner is the most improved award, uh, most improved player award to Bam Adebayo. All right. And the last award that we have for the day is uh, NBA Coach of the Year. Mike Boldenhoser, Billy Donovan, and Nick Nurse. And I would like to take this one first because as a Toronto Raptors fan, I think Nick Nurse deserves this award. Last year, everyone – or last year, we got Kawhi Leonard from a trade, and that was Nick Nurse's first year, first year of coaching. Did great in the playoffs – or did great in the playoffs, of course. Did great in the regular season. This year, lost our best player and still were the number two seed in the East. He deserves this award, and yeah. I deserve. I I agree. I think Nick Nurse deserves this award. Um, I think he he was put under a lot of pressure. You know, seeing he was an assistant for the Raptors and seeing his former head coach, you know, take him to a one seed and then get fired after making it to the Eastern Conference fi- uh, playoffs. I think he definitely felt some pressure, and I think he did a fantastic job. But. I am going to have to give my award to Billy Donovan for the same reason why I'm giving my award to Dennis Schroeder. I think Billy's found a way to make this team gel together. Um, it did not face him that his team had a 0.2% chance of making the playoffs. So I'm going with Billy Donovan. I'm going to have to, uh, I'm gonna have to humbly disagree with David and agree with Kevin. You know, over, your, my, over your former Gator coach? I, I am a Billy Donovan lover, but it's like Kendrick Nunn, you know. I got I got I got to see unbiased here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, even though I am a, a lover of Billy Donovan, former Gator coach and huge fan, I think uh, Nurse deserves it, just cause you know lost Kawhi and still looking amazing. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I agree with uh, David. I mean, I agree with Kevin and Sam. Uh, I think that uh, Nick Nurse, especially if they're losing arguably a top three player in the NBA. Uh, still having a great record. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, I mean, shout out goes to him. I mean, as David said, where they have a 0.3% chance of making it to the playoffs and led their team to the playoffs. That's super incredible. I mean, uh, especially losing a star player like Kawhi, I think uh, has to go to Nick Nurse. Yeah. And you heard it here, folks. Those are NBA award predictions for the 2020 season and thanks for watching the on the court podcast tune into the next uh, one and i'll see you guys later see you